Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Choose. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Grammar Girl here. I'm Mignon Fogarty, and you can think of me as your friendly guide to the English language. We talk about writing, history, rules, and other cool stuff. Today, we'll talk about more words of the year and interesting unwords. If you're a regular listener, you already heard Corey Stamper and me chat a few weeks ago about the early words of the year, such as goblin mode and woman. But I also ran my own contest on most of my social media channels, and we now have a grammar girl word of the year, inflation. It's not the word I would have chosen. My favorites were Slava Ukraini, which means glory to Ukraine, democracy, polarized, and either long COVID or Omicron to represent the pandemic. But inflation is the word my followers chose, so that's the word. I've always known I'm not like most people. (laughs) Anyway, the specific question that got us to inflation was, what word best describes the zeitgeist of 2022? And we voted in brackets like the baseball playoffs. That was my husband's idea. And the brackets were fun, but I do wonder if it would have turned out differently if we'd voted in a different way. My editor, Adam, wants to do ranked choice voting next year. So in the final bracket, inflation beat out quiet quitting by 6.5%. And as an aside, quiet quitting was just chosen as the American dialect society's most likely to succeed word of 2022. It was a close vote, though, and it barely beat out riz, which is short for charisma. Another interesting thing is that LinkedIn largely drove the results since people voted there in the biggest numbers. For example, Quiet Quitting actually won the final vote on Mastodon and among my newsletter subscribers, but more than 2,500 people voted on LinkedIn, which favored inflation, and that huge number swamped out the results from the other platforms. That actually happened throughout the voting, as Corey and I talked about earlier, and it's probably why we ended up with one final word about the workplace and the other final word about the economy. People in the comments made some interesting, consistent arguments for and against the final two words in the contest. First, at least a few people refused to vote for quiet quitting because as a two-word phrase, they didn't think it qualified as a single word, even though I explained that for the purposes of the word of the year votes, it's common to have multi-word phrases as long as they have a specific meaning. Dictionaries and linguistics societies do it all the time, but still, it clearly bugged some people. 
A consistent argument for quiet quitting was that it's a new phrase and concept compared to inflation, which is old and cyclical. But still, we were supposed to be choosing based on the zeitgeist, the feeling of the year, and not whether the word was new or not. And the big argument against quiet quitting was that it's not actually a real thing. Florida copywriter Kate McClare summed it up nicely in this comment on LinkedIn, quote, As I understand it, quiet quitting is when you do the minimum required amount of work and nothing more. Isn't that, uh, doing the job you were hired to do? If you're expected to go above and beyond the minimum, then above and beyond is the minimum. Employers who use this term are trying to shame us all back into the days when workers killed themselves for the job and found that it wasn't necessarily any protection when the layoffs came for them, unquote. Another argument against quiet quitting was that it's more U.S.-specific than inflation, meaning inflation was a more global and widely felt experience in 2022. The American tendency for overwork and the American specificity of quiet quitting was highlighted, for example, by a British follower who goes by Holdfast on Mastodon who added, quote, if I wasn't taking my holidays, I'd have at least two managers reminding me about it, unquote. And having worked peripherally in the pharmaceutical industry with European companies early in my science writing career, I can say that feels true. It was shocking to me as an American how many people were out during the summer and how many weeks of vacation they got. And I know, that's really sad. But anyway, you're probably less likely to feel like quiet quitting when you have two months of vacation and you're encouraged to actually take it. Still, although Europe seems to have the work-life balance thing worked out better than we do, I will argue that it's not just Americans who are revolting against heavy work demands. In 2021, the phrase lie flat gained popularity in China. According to Dictionary.com, lie flat is how young people in China describe opting out of the demanding professional life and social expectations to, quote, work only as much as they need to support their minimalist lifestyle, unquote. That seems to me like a version of quiet quitting, or at least to be related to the concept of quiet quitting. Now, I believe I have more followers from Europe on social media than followers from Asia, but I know you're out there too. Hello, Asian followers. And the final interesting thing I noticed throughout the voting was that on platforms where people could see how other people voted, it seemed to influence the outcomes. For example, in the early voting on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, I asked people to leave their vote in the comments on my videos so people could see everything, and in almost every case, the margins were dramatically bigger than the margins on LinkedIn and in my newsletter, where people couldn't see how anyone else voted before they cast their own vote. Now, longtime listeners may remember that this is something Ellen Joven, author of Rebel with a Clause, described when she was a guest on the show, too. She does a lot of online polls and switched from using Facebook to using Twitter because she could actually see that people being able to see the results so far before they voted changed the outcomes when she posted the same polls to both platforms. Facebook would start out one way, but then the early winner on Facebook would rack up a bunch of votes, 
whereas the margins on Twitter, where people couldn't see the votes, would stay closer. It seems we are a malleable species. So thank you to everyone who voted. We'll definitely do it again next year. Maybe we'll do ranked choice voting, and we'll definitely be more organized since doing the whole thing this year was just me in early December saying, hey, let's do a word of the year. So whether you like it or not, the people have spoken, and the Grammar Girl word of 2022 was inflation. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NexGuard Plus Chews. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life? Well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then with phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. This next segment is by Edwin Battistella. Recently, I had occasion to use the word unsaid, as in what goes unsaid. Looking at that phrase later, I began to ponder the related verb unsay, which means something different. What is unsaid is not said, but to unsay something means to retract it. The same not-quite-parallelism holds for unseen and unsee, and unheard and unhear. Sometimes un means not, and sometimes it means to reverse. The pattern, as linguists will tell you, has to do with using a word as a verb versus using it as an adjective. To un a verb is to reverse the action of something. To undress, untie, unzip, 
unfold, unpack, untuck, untwist, unroll, unveil, unwrap, undo, and many more. Adding unto a verb was a favorite trick of Shakespeare, yielding such words as to uncurse and to unshout. Using un as an adjective is to negate the quality described by the adjective, unabridged, unacceptable, unanswered, unbalanced, uncommon, unlucky, untidy, untrue, unwritten, and so on. Some of these adjectives are just un plus a straight-up adjective, acceptable, common, lucky, tidy, true. Others are made up from the past participle of the related verb, abridged, answered, balanced, and written. In each case, the meaning is not rather than reverse. An unabridged dictionary isn't one in which the words have been put back in. It's one in which they weren't left out. An unanswered question is not one receiving a bogus answer, but one getting no answer. The story of un gets tricky, though, because sometimes past participles serve as verbs, which allows ambiguity. The box was unpacked. The baby was undressed. The jacket was unzipped. And the gift was unwrapped. Each of these has an adjectival sense in which the box was not packed, the baby was not dressed, the jacket was not zipped, and the gift was not wrapped. But each also has a reversed sense in which some unnamed person is unpacking the box, undressing the baby, unzipping the jacket, or unwrapping the gift. Of course, sometimes only one meaning is possible, as in the classic example, Antarctica is uninhabited, which cannot mean that someone is uninhabiting Antarctica. The Oxford English Dictionary 2018 update gave nearly 300 un plus adjective combinations, including unadult, unblasé, unsorry, and unwith it. Nouns with un are usually derived from adjectives, so they carry the sense of not rather than reversal, uneasiness, untruth, and so on. Curiously, in a handful of words, un seems unnecessary but shows up anyway. The most widely used is unloose, unloosen, which the Oxford English Dictionary attests as early as the 14th century. Perhaps analogy with other unverbs, untie, unfasten, unleash, is a factor in unnoticed redundancy. Unthaw, meaning to thaw out, is attested as early as 1700 and today may even be heard in your own kitchen. Unraveling unravel is trickier. Ravel, it turns out, is a contronym, a word that can mean either entangle or disentangle. So the un of unravel does some work here, disentangling the senses of the root. And finally, some instances of un are mere historical vestiges. Uncouth and unkempt began as the prefixed words uncouth, meaning unfamiliar, and unkemmed, meaning uncombed. As the meanings shifted, the roots couth and kemmed became obscured, and today we no longer view uncouth and unkempt as prefixed forms at all. So the next time you use an unword, pause for a second and mentally take the word apart. You may find the experience uncanny. 
That segment was written by Edwin L. Battistella, who teaches linguistics and writing at Southern Oregon University in Ashland, where he has served as a dean and as interim provost. His books include Bad Language, Are Some Words Better Than Other?, and Sorry About That, The Language of Public Apology. It originally appeared on the OUP blog and appears here with permission. Finally, it's Familect time. First, Paul called in after last week's story about pre-feeding because he's used that word too. Hello, Grammar Girl. This is Paul Kater from the Netherlands. When I heard your uh, broadcast with the Familect story about the pre-feeding, I had to laugh. It reminded me of the draft military service where we also had a pre-feeding, which was the time that we could get some food before the kitchen actually opened. That reminded me. Thank you for a great show. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paul. And you don't hear it really in his voice, but he told me he laughed and laughed after hearing that story last week. And next, we have a new story from Andrea. Hi, this is Andrea Kenner. I live in Maryland, and I'm sending you a one of the family and friends um, words that we use. Um, it's Here it goes. I met many of my Facebook friends through an older website called Catster. The Catster community was a place where cat people and their dog-loving friends could get together for paw teas and other fun times. We came up with a term for the day when a cat or dog was adopted. We still use it today when someone's pet is celebrating the day when they found their forever home. The term is gotcha day. So whenever someone posts on Facebook that their cat or dog is celebrating that anniversary, we tell them happy gotcha day. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Andrea. I loved that. If you want to share the story of your familect, a family dialect or word your family and only your family uses, call the voicemail line at 833214-GIRL, and I might play it on the show. Be sure to tell me the story behind your word and call from a quiet place. Grammar Girl is a Quick and Dirty Tips podcast. Thanks to my editor, Adam Cecil, and my audio engineer, Nathan Sams, who was in Brazil over Christmas and New Year's, but still produced every show. Our ad operations specialist is Morgan Christensen. Our marketing and publicity assistant is Davina Tomlin. Our digital operations specialist is Holly Hutchings. And our intern is Cameron Lacey. And I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. That's all. Thanks for listening. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean Every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.